All right, so let's just go back and look at our objectives. Praise God for our worship team. Thank you, Jesus, for them. Thank God for the worship team. Yep, you can clap right there. That's a good place. All right, we're still in our number three um, objective here where we're talking about the discipleship and the dominion of deliverance. The discipleship and dominion of deliverance. And um, and um, today we will certainly hit on the piece in number five um, that it is it is a critical role that a father plays in insulating generations from losing ground in deliverance. Right. I tell people and I told the men this yesterday that. Um, there were certain battles that my dad fixed for me. I don't struggle. This is this is not a bad thing. This is not like I have struggles, but being a womanizer ain't one of them. My dad fought that. He 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 won that. So I don't even get tempted. Now, that thing with chocolate, I'm just saying, man, my dad, I mean, you know, that was that was his kryptonite. And Pastor struggle with it. You bring me some good dessert, man. I'm I'm gonna have to pray. I have to pray hard. I'm just saying there is some some ground that you can take in your generation that will leave an inheritance to the next generation of the success that you have. I want you to consider that very, um, very critically. Um, and I'm not just talking, as I said before, I'm not just talking to the existing fathers. Okay, I see a beautiful young man to my left, to your right. He's in a baby's arms. His name is Amalekai. And um, he's the youngest one here. And listen, when pastor preach, I don't just preach to y'all who think you understand it. I believe that the word has enough power that I can preach to his spirit. Jesus said it this way. Um if you want to come into the kingdom, he was talking to his apostles. He didn't tell them. He didn't tell the little kid that he brought in their presence. And he was a baby that he pulled up in his arms. This is a young child, but he lifted him up in his arms. So he wasn't like one of these big, you know, six foot two kids like Frank. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like one of them. It was like one of these little ones like that. And he said, y'all need to be like him. So that must mean that there is an ability in him to understand kingdom things. Right. It's one of the reasons why. And I told this to um, to a young man at work uh, when I was, you know, doing GM business. But then all of a sudden the preach come on me and I just have to kind of go with it. And I explained to him, told him, you know, what our daughter is, that she's down in, in Miami and, you know, doing her thing there, uh, working at American Express. And I said, listen. I talk to her in the womb like I talk to her now. I said, because I, I believe that her spirit could hear it. Man, that was not in my notes. Somebody write that down. I believed that her spirit could hear it. And so why not talk to him? Actually, because her spirit came from the father 
she could really, really hear it. And she didn't have the influence of the enemy to stop it. I mean, so if you want to cool at your baby, I mean, I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying, but we could do some business. You understand what I mean? I'm okay with it. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's more critical than that. When you understand that we are trying to insulate a future generation and make sure that they can retain the deliverance that you fought to get. All right. So uh, we, we opened up last week and we had some, this is just my review, review pieces for, because for those that weren't here, those that were watching online, right? We, we talked about happy father's day. We talked about the fact that sometimes, um, even though fathers don't try to take over Mother's Day, mothers try to take over Father's Day, and we said that's wrong. Okay? And um, we said that both fathers and mothers are necessary. And so even though he make you mad, doesn't mean that the child doesn't need a positive, safe, inspirational male figure. Positive, safe, inspirational male figure. All right. And uh, we talked about the fact that if you're a mother, particularly if you're a single mother, you might have to do some screening. You might even have to screen the biological. For real, for real. And and just because just because um, he your sugar daddy don't mean he's a good, inspirational, positive, safe figure for your child. I am really preaching good already. Now, wouldn't it be a tragedy after you have been a deliverer in, in the child's life? to be the source of a need for deliverance because you thought you could do it all on yourself and you didn't think you thought because you didn't need a man they didn't need a man we also said that a father must be both present and engaged for the child to win present and engaged some folks aren't present some people are present, but they're still not engaged. And that both are necessary. Present and engaged for the child to win. All right. And so we wanted to make sure that we understood that um, that this, this is necessary because if I know it's necessary and there's some equipment that I don't have, then I will have the humility to seek out and reach out for it. If I think I can do it all by myself, then why would I reach for something? It's so all, all we're saying, you know, you know, sister soldier, put your gun up. Pastor ain't mad at you. Right. I done done. We have Mother's Day. You had first. Right. We, we ladies first. On the, on the calendar, we give you your Mother's Day shout out first. So don't come for me like I haven't, like I didn't stand up for you when it was my time to. But now I got to deal with the dad issue. And the dad issue is a real issue. All right. And if it's not done right, 
then there are effects that happen over multiple generations. That's why it's so important. All right. Um, and then we also talked about the fact that, um, you know, contrary to some of the things that's being preached um, online, that it's not, it's not, it's not, it's neither the will of God. It's not practical. It's not right. It's not, it's not, I don't think it's even possible for a, for a wife to mother her husband. And uh, just, just because if, your state, if the statements you preach are wrong, the size of your platform won't make it right. Just because you got a thousand people hearing you don't mean that what you said was right. And um, so I explained to people that the sim symbolism of a father bringing a daughter down the aisle and passing her to the groom is that that is a handing off of the fatherly responsibility. So it is the intention of God that whatever dad didn't finish, husband was supposed to close the gap. Man, that's some really good preaching. I know it's quiet up in here. It's quiet because I'm preaching good and people understand the severity of what I'm saying. But I'm really saying something. It is the reason that Jesus Christ, who loves the church like a husband is supposed to love his wife, is not only the son that's given, but is the everlasting father because he fathers his wife and closes the gap for the rest of it. Now, I said this, and uh, I had a question come from one of the women of God. It was a great question. I thought it was really good, so I'm going to talk about it today. No particulars, but I'm just going to talk about it. It's a good question. And what is, what happens if, you know, th this fatherly responsibility is on a husband, but he wasn't fathered himself? And that's a real, listen, that's a real issue. That's a real issue. Okay. And so what was supposed to happen is that in the context of, of ministry, in context of church life, in context of the fellowship, there was supposed to be fatherly, brotherly, and sonly relationships that's supposed to close the gap. But you got to open up. You can't have your ego on your shoulder. You, you can't come as the master excusiologist when somebody bring the issue to your, to your face. You can't be the master excusiologist. Well, see, what had happened was, you know, and you gray hair talking about what happened in your childhood. If you got any hair, some of us are balding. Us, I didn't say them. And then we talking about stuff that happened long, long ago, far, far away. And so we're supposed to have strong relationships. That's why I'm so intentional about men of destiny. And it's not everything I want. And I feel like my brother's getting tired. It's like, bruh, bruh, come on, man. Don't give up on me. I know we can grow it, but, but don't get tired. Because we need the fellowship. We need to build a community of strong men and invite our sons and our daughters into it. Right. 
so that the men, the, so that the young men would say, man, you know, I want to be like that one day. And they'll walk taller and they'll imitate the way you walk and the way you shake hands and what you do. And then the girls will know how to look past a knucklehead and then know how to say, no, <laughs> no, I can do better than that. <laughs> I've seen, I know that there's better than that. Okay. And so these things are very, very important. Uh, my key point is that men were created to be deliverers. And that deliverance starts at home. Men were created to be deliverers. And deliverance starts at home. I made a key statement, if the media team would show that, every marriage is a tale of four fathers. The father of the wife, the father of the husband, the husband as father, and then the heavenly father. Every marriage is a tale of four, of four fathers. And if any of those fathers is off, then the father of the devil will work to interrupt and destroy what God plans. That's some serious, that's some serious truth right there. Pastor, where did you get that from? I was studying the genealogy of Jesus Christ, and I realized that there's a genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 that goes from Joseph back to Abraham. And then I saw one in, in um, Luke chapter 3 that starts with Jesus, goes back to Mary's father named Heli, and goes all the way back to Adam. And what I realize is, God, you're telling me something, that these fathers are having an impact on this thing. And oh, by the way, if Mary could be like single moms today saying I could do it by myself, why did Jesus, why did God get Joseph to be a father figure for him? I'm just saying, if it was so, if you could just, I'm sorry, I was, but sisters kind of get an attitude. And then if that was so key, why was Joseph necessary? Okay, do you, do you get what I'm saying? So I studied that and, and out of that came this statement. And I think it's one of the most profound things I've ever, I've, I've ever seen in the word of God. Okay, and so we have to understand that 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 fatherly role is a big thing. Now I had a second key statement about what I call the domino effect. The failure or success of a father has a domino effect generationally. The failure or success of a father has a domino effect. Now listen, for those of you uh, who know my testimony, I wasn't always perfect as a husband, but I decided that my failure in one area wasn't going to stop me from failing, wasn't going to make me a failure as a father. Do you understand what I'm saying? I really, I made a decision that of all of the things that went wrong, none of it was the child's fault. 
And the child deserved a good father. That, that, was, that, was, that, wasn't, that was an accident. That was on purpose. Okay? So I just want you to understand that whatever has gone through, whatever has, has, that you have gone through in your life, you can still rise up from where you are and be the father. Now, some of us have to rise up in prayer because we have to father from a distance. But God will respect your prayer. He will respect. Listen, you have a part of him. There's no place in the word of God. I know, I know all the identity politics today, but there's no place in the world word that he's called the heavenly mother. He's not. I'm not mad at nobody. And I'm not in the woman's haters club. So so don't 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 judge me. I'm just trying to read what what the words say. But I realized that if I stood up as father, the heavenly father, Jesus called the everlasting father and the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the father will all stand up with me. And so I'm encouraging you, even if your children are not around, even if you're having some difficult days, you, you, you put your seatbelt on just like if you're on a plane with some turbulence and ride it out, ride out the storm. But do your job. There was there was a picture I was looking for and I couldn't find it. It was a, a picture before. Uh, our daughter was born, and, um, and I had a picture of all of my nieces and nephews and me. I, I had, Daniel was the baby, so he's sitting on my lap. And then all my nieces and nephews is around me, because he was the, Daniel was the youngest one. So there's no picture of John or Ruby or anyone else in that. And um, at work, they saw that picture. They used to think I was, they, you a stud muffin. Hold it, hold it. <laughs> <laughs> hold up hold up <laughs> hold up <laughs> hold up hold up hold up i'm just trying to be a safe positive inspirational male figure because i understand that there's a domino effect and so i'm trying to reach as far as i can to close the gap and be there as best i can do you understand that? Now, at that time when I was doing that, I had no children. That I had birth. But I was still trying to rise up and be a father. What I'm trying to tell the men is, listen, it's not even just the kids you got. That I can reach across and tell a young man that I love him and that I'm proud of him. Doesn't take anything from my daughter. I didn't hurt her by helping him. Okay. And there's so much damage in our communities that we're going to have to reach out and help. Because there's so much damage in, in the men that are even present that causes them to be disengaged. We're going to have to engage and even help even when there's dads that are there. 
And that's what the Lord told me to do. I just want to help. I just want you to know that inside you is a deliverer and you can help. Just your presence is help. Just your praise is help. Just your encouragement. Just showing up for a game. Just telling them that you're proud of them. Just celebrating their victories. Just giving them an encouraging word. All of those things are help. Then we made one other statement. We said we talked about that domino effect. And what we said is that the first failure, talking about the failure of Adam, was a father's failure. The first failure was a father's failure. We gave you the scripture in Romans 5 that says one man's sin. Through his sin, death came on all men. Okay, so, but when Adam failed as a father, let me say it this way, Adam failed as a father before he was a father. So you are making, this is why I'm not just preaching to the ones that got kids running around at some stage right now. I'm, I'm preaching to the young men that don't have anything like a baby. Because Adam failed before he was a father. There wasn't anybody around. Cain wasn't there when he failed. Abel wasn't born. Seth wasn't on the scene. Okay. And so I'm like, I had something inside me that told me I needed to do something with these kids when I didn't have any children of my own. I want to call to the fatherly instinct and tell them that as well. That's what, that's why I call these emerging fathers. They're not existing fathers, but they are emerging fathers. So we made one other final key statement. Show my, my key statement there. If you make destiny moves now, you'll have a dynasty later. Oh, that's some fire there. Okay. If you make a move now, that's right. Either at your own personal stage or by interacting with other people. Even if you're just a relational father, an emotional father, you know, um, a spiritual father, just somebody that gives encouragement, somebody that shows up like a coach, you know, somebody that just comes by the game, somebody, you know, um, I see a, a good friend of mine, um, Minister Antoine Brown, um, I see him taking his niece to the da- daddy-daughter dances. Safe, positive, inspirational figures. That's so, so important. All right? Now, nothing I said cost you a bunch of money. Did, didn't, didn't. I'm not sweating you saying, Pastor David, if I had as much as you did, then I could have done what you did. Stop that. 
I'm just talking about plugging in. Being there. Smiling when you see the child. Encouraging them. Encouraging their dream. Showing up. Dad's a waste, then you show up. A great nephew in the back, Christian, had a recital for music. So, of course, I showed up, but then I got my nephews, who I used to show up for when it was their first time, said, hold up, bruh. I am re I'm interrupting your regularly scheduled program. I'm expecting you to be there, too. Because I said, hold it, hold it. I did this for you. You ought to know better. And then after the event, I graded them. Okay, you, you were safe. You could have been a little bit more positive. Okay, next time I'm looking for a little bit more inspiration. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm training fathers. I'm trying to create a dynasty that lives beyond my lifetime. I'm trying to teach them how to be the kind of men, how to create the inner circle within my family circle. Yeah, right. Such that if I'm not here, something inside of them will remind them of what I taught them. And then they will reach across and say, it's not going to stop with me. I can keep this thing going. I can remember what my uncle did and I can keep it moving. Is this encouraging you? Because I want you to be encouraged. Nothing I said was like mean and, you know, mean ain't nothing. Stop all that. Don't hear what I didn't say. Okay? I'm not saying that, but I'm just telling you, it's so important. So important. I had to, man, I ain't rode a bike in a long time. Christian want to come down to my house and ride the bike. So I got the bike out. In Jesus' name, we rode through the neighborhood. And he want to come again. Get the Wii out so we can do the dance off. And I can't dance, but I'm going to dance off with Christian. It's important. Okay? It's important. Now, that may not, you know, for you, it, you think because it's not important to you, it's not important to them. That's your problem. You thought it was all about you. I just want the kids out of my head. I just want a break. It ain't all about what you want. All right. Let's go on to the new. That was all review. Praise the Lord. Let's go on to the new stuff. I got a definition for you. Um, our father's definition of fatherhood. Fatherhood is a kingdom office and officer established, established, and I would say by God, whereby men of God receive God's nature as heavenly father imparted to them to initiate life. But that's not the first part. It's not just to initiate, it's to exemplify the same word exemplify means to be example of life. You are not just supposed to initiate the life. You're supposed to be a good example of life. They should see you pray. I remember seeing my dad hug my mother. 
I remember them having the big, you know, they weren't, they, they weren't um, bucket seats. It was a bench seat. And even though it was a big bench, she wasn't over there. He wasn't over there. She was sitting right up next to him. And it didn't, see, you, you listen to it in the room. It didn't just affect the people that was in our household. It affected people that saw them. It was an example. Okay. And so a father is supposed to not only initiate life, but exemplify life. And then look at the rest of the definition. You initiate, exemplify, and expand life to future generations by providing for protecting and projecting godly seed. So let's talk about that. You expand life in future generations by providing for the life, protecting it. Let's listen to this third one, projecting it. In other words, as a projector, you should be able to identify gifts and abilities, identify callings in them, and begin to encourage that and say, I see something on you in the future. I see something, and I'm calling to that. I mean, I think you can, man, what do you want to be when you grow up? Man, I want to be, a, I want to be an astronaut. Don't be saying, that, that you can't be an astronaut. What's wrong with you? You don't do that. Okay, you want to be an astronaut? Well, let's go down to the NASA Space Center for on vacation in Cape Canaveral. You know, you know, life will, there's enough out there that'll tell them your dream is fake, don't you? Project a life and then prepare. If you ask God, he'll give you thoughts about the future and tell you things to do today. I was there watching, young Christian was doing his drum recital and I said, he need the next set of drums. So I said, instead of me going out looking for it, cause I'm training my nephews to father when I'm gone. I said, no, 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 y'all go, you go find it. Then I'm gonna call all of the family together. I ain't gonna pay it all, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull my sisters in too. My nieces and my nephews. I'm gonna call down to the one that really making money now and say, hey, I need you to, cause I'm teaching them something. I'm teaching them how to project onto the future and make a deposit today. That's important. I'm teaching them. It ain't all about you. I got mine. I'm making my money. I got my bonus. I got my house. I got my car. It's all cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. No, you're not good just because you good. I was talking to one of my nephews, and I just, just started describing to him. We we both on a car on the phone, crying, talking to each other, and uh, I was telling him how you know sometimes how how difficult life feels for me in this season. 
not not angry, not not upset, just just a lot of stress and pressure, both at work and then trying to get the church to move. You understand what I mean? And I told him, I think about my own mortality and the state of my extended family. And I ask myself the question, if I'm gone, who's ready to keep it going and who's not? I'm making a projection. Have I put enough inside of this one that I think that one will be okay? Okay, that one, yep, okay, he's kind of progressing along. This other one, uh, you know, I got to still, I'm working on some things, trying to get him where he needs to be. Uh, this one. Projecting. That's what, a, that's what a father does. That's, see, I'm talking to you like I'm a patriarch, not just a natural father, but I'm trying to father an extended family. Now, not everybody need everything. Some of them have dads that are still there. Some of them have are moved on along, but other ones do need it. So I had to think. I even think that's that way about you. If I was gone today, which marriage would make it and which one wouldn't? Who has gotten to the healing that they were needing and who hasn't? Who? I'm asking God these kinds of questions. Because I understand that part of my role, not just as a natural father, but as a spiritual father, is deliverance. I'm not trying to be God. I can't be God. Listen, child, please. I just, I just want to play my part and do my job to help. I just want you to understand what I meant when I say projecting life. I want you to not just see destiny says inside the seed is the forest. Destiny says that inside of Malachi right now, a Malachi, thank you. I heard that castle. I heard it in your head. A Malachi. <laughs> <laughs> Inside of Malachi right now, he turned around when I called his name. Yes, he did. Inside of Malachi right now, there is a generation living on the inside of him now. And so I should be dreaming and praying and meditating and making destiny moves inside of him right now that will create a dynasty when I'm gone. If I do it right, when I'm dead, I will still speak. Okay, let's look at the definition again. I'm going to get through this definition today, I promise. But I think I'm going to give brothers a part three next week just so that y'all know it. Sisters, don't get mad. All right. Projecting godly seed through to destiny maturity. So when I'm looking at them, I'm thinking about are they far enough yet to carry it the rest of the way? And to recover them in times of crisis, challenge, and critical change. If your seed get in trouble, what you planning to do? Now, when they get to a certain age, you can't make them do much anything. And I'm not mad at you. Um, I had to tell 
one of my employees, I said, man, okay, I know, you know, you and the son's mother had a hard, you know, time. And, you know, at the time he was growing in stages, she was trying to protect him from you when you were just trying to give him the discipline he needed. And, you know, now he's out there and he's grown and, you know, he want to call you by your first name because he's really just trying to put out his disrespect on you. I get all of that, bro. I get all of that. I said, but listen, man, you need to lay down the law, but you need to leave the door open. I said, I said, I said, I said, I'm not telling you you should put up with disrespect. God don't put up with disrespect. You need to lay the law down, but then leave the door open. I done had some issues with some, and then they mad at me, and it's their fault. I ain't mad, but I'm not, I, I can't get in the pit with them. I got to be the one ready to help them when they get out the pit. If I get so mad with them because they going through their changes, I won't be able to help them when they're really ready to make changes. I got to be the one that's standing there at the door. Life has a way of bringing people to their senses. And I can't be there with my finger in their face. See, I told you. I told you. That ain't helping nobody. You ain't help you. You ain't help yourself, and you ain't helping them. Straight talk. Mothers do that a little bit too much. Sometimes y'all just need to shut up. Let God do the work. I, I, I'm gonna help him out. No, no, he don't need that help. I know you made to be a help me, but your help ain't helpful right there. I am really preaching good today. I am really preaching. Sometimes you just need to, okay, all right, all right. You know, you just need to, you, all right, because you got to let God be God. I'm going to help him out. I'm going to be God Jr. Junette. <laughs> all right. I was at Nedra's our family, have amazing family reunion. Amazing. Some, some 30 years they've been meeting every Memorial Day, man. Hundreds of people every year. And uh, and they have a family choir. They family choir could do an album. I'm just saying. I mean, like, like first of all, like, like these the the, the family musician, like him and Jeff Lavalley, like that. I mean, they've done albums and stuff together. So it's like when they have a family choir, it's like really that, right? And um, they have a service, and then they have a speaking. I preached one time, and I talked about the fact that you know, in my family, one of the things that I have to keep in mind. I said, because my family, just like other uh, most other black families, somebody been incarcerated. Yeah. Hey, Amen. It just is what it is. And I said, the system not going to be ready for them to come out. I got to have a plan yeah. to recover yeah. and get them on the destiny. Yeah. I can't I can't I can't just sit around and say, well, you know, <laughs> I want to say it like that. But I can't be sitting up there saying to hell with them. No, no, no. Because they carrying part of my seed in them. I got to have a plan to help them. Now, they've been conditioned in, in, in very severe conditions. So they're not going to come out adjusted, adjusted because the system wasn't created for that. I've got to be here to help them. Now, I can't have them bringing their madness into my house, y'all. Hold up. I'm still married to her. I can't. <laughs> She passes very balanced. You see that? But I can't 
sit them on the outside and then not be thinking how I can help them recover from their crisis, even if their crisis was self-inflicted. Does that make sense? All right. Um, my acrostic definition of father, going to my next, next uh, definition there. Father is a faithful author, teacher, healer, exhorter, and revealer. The Hebrew word for father is Ab or Abba. As it says, we call out to God, Abba, Father. It says, it literally means he is the strength or the leader of the house and family. The strength of the house was never meant by God to be the mother. She was meant to be the nurturer. She was meant to be the giver of life. But the strength of the house was you, Dad. All right. He is the house bander. That's what husband actually means. He is the one that holds the house together. Too many of us have ab, ab, um, abdicated that responsibility to the mothers. So she the one keeping all of the kids together. He going downstairs in his man cave watching TV. Listening to his music. Sports Center, ESPN. He come home tired. He don't want to talk no more. He out of words for the day. All right, Nedra, I heard that. You, you was a little too, you were amen and a little too hard right there. Out of words for the day. Hold it, bruh. You still got to pull the family together. That's not her job. That's your job. I know this. I know, uh, Pastor, I, I just, I, I know you run out of words. Yeah, she can out-talk you, but you still got to pull it together. If you come home and after you worked all day, didn't give her the emotional release through communication, your job is not done for today. Okay, 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 I gotta get ready. I've been at work, she's been at home. Going in, what she's going to ask me about today, so I need some details. She needs details. <laughs> I need three. I can't say how today was good and keep it moving and sit down and plop down in front of the TV and just chill. She wants details. Okay, okay, okay. Got to pray about it. I didn't talk all day. I don't, I don't feel like it. But it's more than my feelings. I'm the house bander. It's more than how I feel. Okay, okay. All right. Lord, give me three good stories today in Jesus' name. Won't he do it? Won't he will? Okay, I got my three. I can go in the door. Okay, okay. Honey, how's the day? Let me tell you this thing happened. Okay, this one happened too. And I got to give details. She liked details. She liked pictures like detail. Got to have communication. Not done. All right. All right. Now that I done feel her emotional tank, then I can chill. 
Woo! Praise the Lord. Okay, what's on TV? <laughs> but I got to do my job, y'all. I got to do my job. Got to do the job, baby. Got to do the job. If it ain't over, it ain't over. Am I helping somebody? Okay. All right. I'm just trying to help you. I ain't mad at nobody. Pastor ain't mad. But I want us to win. I promised that we would be a light, not just a spiritual empowerment. I don't want to just have good church services. I want you to have social empowerment. I want you to have good families. I don't want y'all coming, walking in here like Ken and Barbie and then going home to hell, man. I want, I want y'all playing church. It's not, it's not worth it. I have no heaven or hell to put you in. It's not worth it to play for me. I want you to really be happy. You understand? I want you to know how to live together. All right, next key statement. Talked about father here, fatherhood. When you have a problem, God has a baby, but you must deliver the deliverer that's born to deliver you. Jesus' parents had to deliver him from Herod so that he could deliver them from Herod. Moses' parents had to deliver him from Pharaoh so he could deliver them from Pharaoh. On Mother's Day, I talked about Moses' mother, Jacobed, because she was the MVP, but it's Father's Day, so I'm going to talk about Joseph today. Joe did it. He, Joe did that thing. Joe did that thing. Okay. Because I'd have used all my time talking. I may, not, I may read a scripture and I may not today. Okay. Y'all going to forgive me. Y'all ain't going to feel like I didn't sin if I don't. This same story is in, is in Matthew chapter one. So you can go back and read the details. Matthew chapter one and two. First of all, Joseph was a man who was not quick to explode and go off on people. He was a just man because if he had went off, he could have had Mary Stone with her pregnant self. Okay. And then, as I said before, it was important because God wanted Jesus to have an earthly father. He wasn't saying as long as I got God, I don't need nobody else. Okay. He needed the input and the validation of a father. All right. Then in chapter two, Herod tried to kill Jesus before he could defend himself. And so it was Joseph who saved the Christ child and therefore saved the plan of God. The scripture says that the angel spoke to him in a dream and he got up and didn't turn back over and went back to bed. Anybody got a word from the Lord that night? And then you said, I'm going to remember it in the morning. And then you woke up the next day saying, Jesus, 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 give it back to me, Lord. Okay. He got up and did something with the revelation he got from the Lord right away. All right. And he delivered the Christ child. All right. Eight tools. Eight tools in the deliverance toolkit of a father. All right, we're going to talk about these, and then I'll, I'll expand on them next week in Jesus' name. This is where we'll start um, next week. 
The first is the patterns of a father. Let's deal with that one. You either build on a pattern that was given to you, or you break a pattern that was a pattern of failure so that you can be a pattern. So it's not good enough to say, you know, my dad wasn't, my dad wasn't, and as a, that's an excuse. You have to break the pattern of what your dad was so that you can then be the pattern that your son needs. Got it? I think about uh, my friend, I have a good friend, pastor friend named Rick Sykes. His, his dad, um, part of DOMA, under, I met him through Bishop Benjamin Bird and um, comes from a broken home, um, natural father, abusive to his mother, you know, all siblings in some very difficult situations. But he decided that he was going to change the pattern. So in his family that had none of it, he has a very stable, solid, loving marriage. Out of that marriage, he's produced some amazing sons. One of his sons is getting calls from the Toronto Raptors. I'm just saying. He changed the dynamic of his family. He changed it. The patterns of a father. And listen, if you weren't, if you didn't have it in your home, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You need to go out and find the pattern that you need to give you the help you need. When my daddy was in heaven and I still needed fathering, God sent other people, other men to me to help me. And they helped me. And I was smart enough to take the help they were giving. Number two is the principles of a father. The book of Proverbs was a collection of principles taught by Solomon's father, David, to him as his son. Further, we learned that men of destiny uh, a few weeks back that Hezekiah looked back, looked past his own natural father, Ahaz, who was a bad dad, to godly men in his bloodline like Joseph, like David and Solomon and followed their examples. He looked past the people in his family had done wrong and found the person in his family that did right and said, I'm going to be like him, not like my natural father in this area. Number three is the predictability of a father. The predictability of a father. I'm going to stop here for a second. If I can give you my own personal detail, I will tell you when things went wrong with me in marriage, I decided that I would be predictable as a father. That my daughter's mother wasn't going to have to worry whether or not she was going to be treated right when she was with me. I was going to be predictable. I wasn't going to make commitments and not show up. She was not going to have a trail of disappointments like her girlfriends whose dads have not been in their life. She wasn't going to have that. She was going to have a, a, a background of memories of dad's engagement. I was going to be predictable. She could take my consistency to the bank. Do you understand? That's, that's a part of the deliverance toolkit. 
The prodigal son said, I know what's happening at my father's house. I know the servants going to be there. They eating good. They working good. I'm going to come home and I'm going to just make my pitch to dad because I know where daddy's going to be. He's predictable. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you jack up today and then say, I repent, he's predictable. He's faithful and just to forgive you. He's predictable. I am preaching really good here. Father, they should be able to count on your consistency. You, you shouldn't be, or he might nut up today. I don't know. If I come home, I don't know what he's going to be. I decided I was going to be predictable. Even to a fault. <laughs> they talked about me because I had this old sweater I used to wear. This, remember my blue sweater? They, they finally got, they took it out. They killed that thing. They said, no, you can't. <laughs> Uh, it would just hang. It wasn't no more. It couldn't, I couldn't even fold it no more because it was just so frumpy. Now, now it was just flax. That was like, man, we need some variety. We need some variety. I said, once I found something I like, I stick with it. I said, don't you like that? <laughs> yeah, but I still want some variety. I just want you to know I'm predictable, baby. I just, I just want you to know I'm predictable. Number four, the protections of a father. When I thought about this, I thought about our drummer, young brother Shelton and his dad. I remember a time we was out on the lake and uh, he had his life jacket, went on a boat, went into the middle of the lake and the boat turned over. And I watched his father swim out to the middle of the lake to get his son. I never forgot that. I never, never forgot the picture that that had in my mind. Father, the protections of a father. That's part of your toolkit. Sometimes you got to jump in and save the day. You got to be willing to do that. That's part of the jig. That's part of the gig, man. That's part of the job. The protections of a father. Number five is the prophecies of a father. The prophecies of a father. In scripture, it was the fathers who laid hands on their children and blessed them and called to the destiny. Down in school with Ruby, friends around. Before we get out of here, I'm, I'm going to lay my hands on your forehead. And I'm going to speak a blessing. I don't know. They don't know. Come here. Hope you, I hope you're not embarrassed because I'm going to do it. The prophecies of a father, the ability to speak words of empowerment that shape destiny. That is, that is part of the character and the equipment that God gives a father. Now, listen, you can prophesy in their absence because words are spirit. They close distance of time and space. But it's better if when you're in their presence that they hear you say it. That you touch them when, they, when you say it. And that you speak over them. 
There was this famous preacher in the 1700s who would, um, I'll, I'll have his name next week, but he would grab his children and his grandchildren and lay hands and bless them. His grandchildren turned out to be presidents, like university presidents, presidents, you know, some of them are presidents of the United States. He had, he had just put that much power in his prophecy over his children. And you don't wait until they're all full grown. Emerging fathers, you can prophesy while, they still, while you're still carrying them. I am carrying around world changers in Jesus name. Because if you prophesy them over, over them right now, you'll be very particular about the person you try to put them in. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I, I, I've been watching this. Um, there's this viral video of a young African-American father and his child, and he's talking to the child and baby talk and he's having a conversation. Y'all have seen that video? And of course, that dude done turned that into, he got a commercial with, uh, I, I was like, well, go on, man, you, you making it happen. All right. Now, um, I love the picture. I love to see a father engaging with his child. But the conversation was about the movie or the show Empire, which is a bunch of foolishness. Now I'm just, okay. But he's having a real conversation. It was a real conversation, and the fact that he's a father engaging is doing something. But what happens if you're not talking to him about the foolishness of empire, but you're prophesying faith on the finality of God's kingdom and their part in it? It's going to have a completely different effect. Now, I mean, you could tell you could tell your baby about Tahaji P. Henson. I'm mad at her. Or you could tell them that they're God's woman of faith and power. Preach, prophesy, cast out devils in Jesus' name. Born the fourth Sunday of the eighth month. The faith of your grandmother and the spirit of your father is in you. The faith in your mother is in you. Right now, I'm commanding you to stir the gift of God. Now, you can have that kind of conversation or talking about empire. Which one you think will have the eternal effect? I'm just saying. The prophecies of a father is a part of your toolkit. Number six is the prayers of a father. I think about Abraham. He didn't just pray for his principal son, Isaac. He cried out to God for his non-custodial child. Oh, Lord, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Keep praying for your children. Let your last breath be filled with prayer and prophecy over your seed. Now, number seven is the multi-generational progressions of a father. Often we stop at fathering, but there are steps beyond fathering. Most people become grandfathers when their children have children. Patriarchs become patriarchs because they father fathers. It's not just that my kids have kids is that I take my son and I mature him to the point where he can be a father himself to the next generation. Then I have shifted into the role of patriarch. Got it? 
So I, when I think about that, when I think about Bishop Gideon Thompson, here he is, great man of God, looking forward to seeing him. But man, you know, it's one thing to say I started a church and it became 6,000. Another thing to say my son started a church and it became 10,000. What I realize is he's a spiritual father, but now his sons are getting into their apostolic thing and they're having spiritual sons too. That's an amazing legacy. And if you ask him, he did it in his prayer closet. Calls out all of the names of his children and grandchildren, every single one of them, by name, every day. Every day he calls them out. The progressions of a father. Now, look at this last one, just so that the sisters don't think I've just been hating on them today. The progressiveness of a father. Next week, I'll deal with this one in detail, but Numbers chapter 27 tells an amazing story of the daughters of a man named Zelophehad. He didn't have son. He only had daughters. And that day, as they prepared to go into the promised land, only sons were going to be given lands of inheritance. So these sisters went to Moses at the Supreme Court. And they argued their case, saying they were entitled to have an inheritance in the name of their father, even though they weren't male. Their father must have given them some kind of boldness because that was unheard of. There was no precedent for what they were making their case for. But their father, even though they were daughters, didn't treat their daughters like they were second class citizens. Oh, girl, you can't do nothing, but your, son, your brothers can go out and sow their wild oats. The father had put something in them that told them that even though there was nothing like it that had ever existed before, they could stand up in a courtroom of men for men and receive what God had for them. And Moses went back and prayed and God said, I approve that message. You do what those sisters told you. Pastor, why you know this stuff? Because I got a daughter and I got to make sure she's prepared for the world. Can't have her feeling like she got to sit, sit on the sideline waiting for some man to show up and do something. <laughs> she got to be ready to deal with the world. So I have to be progressive to make sure she's as prepared as the sons I'm trying to raise up too. Make sure, Father, that you impart destiny both into your sons and into your daughters. I am so glad for Frank McCorders. Snezzer's dad. He died before I knew her. But I live with the benefit of all the training that he put inside of her. Stuff that I don't know how to do, that my dad didn't give me. 
her that gave her. Somehow we make it work as a household. I don't let my ego get in the way and say, I don't need that woman. I know I need it. I need help. That's why God made you the help that's suited for me. The progressiveness of a father. Don't leave your girls out. I know, I know this is this is this. See, oh, your pastor is really, really balanced, aren't I? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying we want to really have real social empowerment in our church. I want the women to know, man, you're not second class. That God has an amazing plan for your life. Fathers, it's really important for you to get past your past so that you can create the future. You hear me? Get past your past so that you can create the future. Come on, let's stand. Did the Lord bless you today? Uh, you know, there's certain messages that I preach, and um, you know, they're good messages, and I want them to all go well, but then there's certain messages that I'm preaching that I'm trying to change the future. There's messages that I preach that I'm asking God to use me to affect generations that'll be here when I'm standing around your throne. This was one of those messages. They're difficult truths because I know people have had difficulties in their past, coming from broken homes, coming from broken relationships, having to deal with their own personal brokenness, some self-inflicted wounds, some inflicted upon us when we were not big enough to take care of ourselves. I know all of those things are true within the room. And so in a, in a, in a moment like this, I have to call upon God and say, God, I want to I wanna challenge people, but I don't want them to feel discouraged. I would hate for you to hear a message like this and then leave thinking that it can't be better for me or I wish and look at the past with all of the regret instead of looking at the future with all of the resolve. And that's a choice. If I could, I would get inside of you and go home and live it out, but I can't. The best that I can do to give you the benefit of what I have and give you the agreement and stand in faith that as you do go home to deal with what you got to deal with. Because some of you are still going back home to difficult situations. Some of you are going, still going home to men who don't understand their role as deliverance. And I know it. Some of you are going to different places. Some of you are still saying, what do I do, God? How do I deal with what I got to deal with? But I'm, I'm trusting God 
that he'll make the difference. He'll show you what to do. That he'll be there with you. Because if there's no one else, you can always count on your heavenly father. You can always count on him. He's going to help you. You can pray and pour out your heart, pour out your complaint to him. I remember the, the time after my dad had went to heaven and I said, Lord, it's not even fair. And I would see these great preachers on TV and I would say, I wish that dude was my dad. I wish that guy was my father. And then God said, <laughs> you got a father that's better than him. I'll help you close the gap, David. I'll help you get your act together. Because all I wanted, I wasn't, I just wanted to, I just wanted to be a good man. And I saw all, when I looked at myself, when I looked in the mirror, I saw all the gaps. I saw all the holes. And I said, God, I just, just felt like somebody could help me. He said, yeah, yeah, you got somebody who can help you. And so that's what I'm telling each and every one of you. Whatever you got to go home to, maybe you're there by yourself, still with children that you got to finish the job. Maybe you have somebody that's present but not engaged. Maybe you have somebody that's engaged, but they're not present. They are over some distance. Whatever the situation you're dealing with, your heavenly father has committed himself to be there to help you. And his performance is predictable. 